listen to subscribe to the Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Welcome everybody to Blurred Lines. We are here recapping the final episode of The Expanse. Season 6, episode 6, finally got to the end. Is it the end end? Eh, we don't know about that. But they, for this arc and everything else, it finally uh, com- comes comes to its conclusion. With me as always is... The other Cam, Boba Fett turned Muslim and got peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> as well as... This is Josh, a.k.a. Steaming Willie Beeman. <laughs> Willie Beeman. <laughs> as well as... This is D, the professor, as usual. We're going to drop some knowledge today. Going to learn today. <laughs> going to learn today. Um, all right, so we finally came to the end. Fellas, what do you think? It was trash. No, um, <laughs> no, it was it was good. It was a solid ending. Um, it felt as though there were some dangling plot lines that were left unresolved, but not in a bad way. Um, it it definitely has room for the rest of the stuff to, that that got left dangling to be filled in. Um, yeah, it 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 was a good emotional. Emotional, it, it had good emotional closure, uh, good action, um, and sealed up pretty nicely. Um, I, I, if I'm honest, I feel like the stuff with uh, so they they tapped on the, the stuff that they tack on at the beginning, the cold open, uh, for Laconia really still felt like it wasn't resolved. That to me says they're gonna go back. That there's that more there to be to to sort of be fleshed out, and they're gonna go back to it. Um, do I feel like I got left hanging? No, because I again, it just felt it like it all but screams we're gonna go back to this. Um, um, but as far like- as the stuff, that, as far as the stuff that they covered, it was it was it was good money. I don't have any problems with it. I would say um, shout out to the homie Slim. He was like, I like the episode, but I didn't like the screensaver death of uh, Barcos. <laughs> he was like, but I mean, yeah, I think in general, like, I actually enjoyed it. It was like pretty, like, I like, I like the the space battles of it, the mm-hmm. politics of it at the end. Holden literally being Holden like he always is. Um, I thought they did some pretty interesting parts with that. I was actually surprised at the 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 Philip kind of uh, epilogue-ish part where he mm. kind of bounces out. Like, I actually was kind of like, I actually was okay with it. For a character that I was kind of annoyed of for most of the season, but you saw the growth from the beginning to, as being like, not really understanding what the fuck was going on to now really seeing what his pops really is and what this thing's about. I thought that was kind of cool to kind of keep that together. And then, um, but I also liked, like the battle with, um, um, of going on to the rail station. I mean, uh, the rail gun, that was pretty dope. That was done really well. And um, and then also too, like you know, having Bobby like officially join the crew, I thought that was actually pretty dope. It was a nice moment. I think um, uh, I think the the emotion of the show, like 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 with every with everything else about it, the emotion of the show is what carried a good chunk of that episode. Wait, uh, so, you, so you can have emotion, but you can't cry? Do you hear me, Discovery? <laughs> that, you know, Cam, Cam, what you thinking? Um. It wasn't bad. Uh, I'm not mad at him. I kind of cheated a little bit and Wikipedia some information. Um, so some things that are not bad, but just curious on the direction they might go if they go anywhere in the future. But there was one thing, a few things that stood out. Um, we didn't get to see much more depth about Naomi potentially uh, ending her son's life. We saw a moment where she was crying. And she, we saw another moment where she hesitated and thought about it, and she made a conscious decision that in the last episode that her son made a choice. I have to make mine for the greater cause of the galaxy. But it would have been interesting to see was how she dealt with it. I did feel like it was a little rushed, but I understand why it was rushed. Um, trying to end it, and they did leave some things open ended where it gives you the impression what 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 I'm disappointed in not seen is the leadership of uh 
drummer and how as a uh oh my god what is her race called belter belter yeah <laughs> as a belter how her leadership because i heard in the books that she does some amazing things as the leader pretty much one of the most powerful people in, in that world um and then and then uh i was just uh reading like little recaps and little wikipedia but you know like just interesting to see how she would be as a leader of that independent or not even yeah independent faction of the union and then another thing is if they decided to go forward with this and i read up on the next book it's like 30 years i'm assuming 30 years in the future and if they were to do this it's it's all these dudes are going to be old so maybe some returning characters will return based on the, the the book's chronological timeline um and i was very curious and and d you can uh tap in on this about laconia duarte and how big of a potential badass or dude he's gonna become later because like even though we saw glimpses of him i still had questions about that whole like world of laconia like the creatures Yep. The uh, I had asked about the 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 what was the the main antagonist of the whole season being on the back burner and now it's kind of in this 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 potential plot line becoming more of it's going back to what the the expanse was originally fighting you know um, I can't even I'm just having a blank a loss for words part of part of molecule yeah and how that re-entered the fray as the main culprit again but we don't really get to see that obviously because of this in-depth scene. And yes, I also felt like this this ending of Marco and Naros was kind of Cersei-like. Mm. He, he, he got, good he good got analogy, burned. good analogy. But I felt like we didn't really, he got his comeuppance, but I don't feel like as a viewer, it was a satisfying death. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's just my opinion of it. I felt like he should have went through hell because <laughs> it was crazy what he was doing to his own people and in the world. He was he was a menace, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um gross. and 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 the last part you touched on Cam <clears throat> was the son. His come to, his his moment happened right when that talk happened. Yep. He said mm -hmm. he he finally figured it out. He was like, "Yo, it's more about you than like, everybody else." Yeah, you're going to you just want to be a martyr and at the expense of his own people because like I said, you you can't be a halfway thug and a gentleman. And he had to choose. And the interesting part about his journey and growth development was when he took on his mom's last name. That's what he wants mm -hmm. his legacy to be about. Yeah, that was um, dope. That was really dope. Overall, though, um, I wasn't mad at it. I felt it was a little bit rushed. I felt like this could have been like a a, uh, a two-hour split episode, just one episode <clears throat> to be split, or a movie to end it off for this grand of a skill. Because there were a few things that was a little rushed for me. However, the cool part, uh, I agree with you, Cam, was seeing Amos fall in that chair and that whole scene. Like, I like I was oh, tired. Yeah. I was watching it, and I was like, yo, this is crazy. Dude. I can only imagine what that looks like with IMAX or something. And, fall, and you know, mm -hmm. put money mm -hmm. behind that. And I thought it was a wrap for them dudes. It was cool <laughs> to see a moment when Amos was handing the, the, the keys to the, to the mechanic car. To Peaches, and he was like, "Well, we got a mechanic. It's you." And he was thinking ahead, like, "I might not come out of this alive." And mm. everybody, it, that was the one thing that felt rushed. Everybody was resolving everybody's issues. Like, you saw Naomi finally accept Peaches. You saw Amos give Peaches the okay. You saw everybody kind of just like, "Oh, we're gonna wrap all this up." You know what I'm saying? And that's fine. Mm -hmm. I wasn't mad at it, but I just felt it was a little bit rushed. Except Peaches, though, and, and as much as she as much as she came to having a, we know that Naomi is an extremely intelligent person and mm -hmm. rarely does she rest her intelligence on her emotions. So what we saw in that moment was just her figuring out that of that she that Clarissa is trying to go for some redemption. She's trying her best to redeem herself. And she knows that these little small things are not redemptive. So I think for the most part, we saw um, we saw Naomi have her issue with Clarissa as she would, but at the same time, 
that whole crew has been shown to compartmentalize and be able to big picture the shit when that when they need to. And I big, think being pragmatic. Moment, yeah, in that moment, that's what you saw them doing. They they are the they are the characters. That's why I didn't feel it was rushed because we had seen them in small pieces in each episode becoming more and more uh okay with the situation that they that they were facing. So that building up to that scene where Clarissa decides to cook and she says, Oh, there hasn't been a home cooked meal, that sort of parallels what they had been missing, which was Alex. I think somebody, one of you guys had pointed out the fact that Alex was the emotional uh glue that held them together. Otherwise, you know, Amos is a sociopath. He doesn't know how to reconcile his his emotions. Holden is a is a righteous man, which means that it, his whole his whole design and the way he looks at everything is through a prism of a high moral compass. Right, Naomi he wears his heart on his sleeve. Right, right. Naomi is sort of caught in the middle between apathy and and um, the desire to atone for the things that Marco had her do in the past. So Alex was the only one from the very beginning. Obviously his his stuff with his family was the kind of flawedness in his, but he made up for that, for what he left behind with his family by doubling down on turning that crew into a family because he was the one that, that did that. Yeah, well, it was interesting because um, I went and watched uh, the first uh, the pilot episode, and like that description of all the characters it shows up in that very very first episode as well. So you see, you know, Amos being really amoral, like you know, he's ready to kill someone on the drop of a dime, and then Naomi's one that brings him back. You see Holden doing something that endangers a bunch of people, but it's kind of the right thing to do. And right. you kind of see the intelligence of Naomi and what she kind of does. She's still annoying in the first episode, but now I understand why she's annoying. <laughs> yeah. And she's still incredibly annoyed with Holden, even after she finds out what he did. Yeah. She also understands understand. that he that that was something that they should have done. I mean, they only didn't do it because it was inconvenient. They weren't going to do it because it was inconvenient to them and, and risky. But um I'm going to ask you some questions now because I know that you guys had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, questions um, and just kind of thing. I, I my general thoughts is that it worked as a uh, having having read the books. I think that what they tried to do was have their cake and eat it too in the series, the TV series, the adaptation without knowing that they had these three books because they could have made a decision to rush it even more two episodes for to wrap up marco two more episodes to get you further into laconia two more episodes a a time jump movie style 30 years later they're dealing with laconia um so i thought it did they did a pretty decent job the the visual at the end of Marco and the unknown aggressors, um, I don't know what other uh, what other um, visual they could have shown from that without it being too graphic. Because <laughs> what's happening in that moment is literally the those entities um, break down the human the human being, whatever it is, and everything, the ship, all of that. They break it down to its to its to its base atom and then eat it, eat every part of that person or that individual or that thing. The reason that they were ha have such a tough time with humans is because we are consciousness encased in flesh. The the ring builders were not, they were pure consciousness. They all they were they had no physical form, which is why they left so many physical things behind because they needed to interact with those things to actually build and do the things that they were doing. That's why the proto-molecule is so self-sufficient and why it uses other organic material to recreate, to create and build because they didn't have hands. They only, they were like an ant colony where there was a, nu a, a nucleus in the center and then you send all the others out to do what they have to do. So like we have hands, our brain tells our hand, pick something up, Put it here for the ring builders it was protomolecule other things that they had to do that with what 
what ends up happening is when they open in the ring, when they open the ring gates, they wake something up, and that entity is able to instantly snuff them out. Um, and it starts to do that um, over time, which is why they shut the rings uh, to begin with. But humans are much more difficult to kill, and that's yeah. Look, 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 I mean, I, I get it. Like I get that part of it. It's just that the show as a whole has been offing people in various ways and the most funny but brutal one was the dude that was racing through the ring and god oh yeah that's oh yeah so I, was, I was expecting something like oh they about to make this dude look like mush meat you know what i'm saying oh um, yeah yeah that's just that's just me at the satisfaction at the satisfaction of like oh he deserves this type of brutal revenge death Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's not you know that kind of story at all. It's no, just, no, no. It, yeah. But it just like for for me, the show has mm -hmm. been showing death in various ways, and only to see that this the entities so like potent just basically like wipe them. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh wow, okay. And I was like, I paused, and I was like, was my TV tripping? I was like, no, this is how they actually wipe and and, and get rid of. It. I've never didn't really peep it up close. From the previous episodes, but then seeing Marcos get uh erased by the ring gate was kind of crazy. I was like, oh snap, that's that's wild. He just went out like that. You yeah, I saying? figure a lot of people would be would not like the way he dies, and most people want to see him going out guns and blazing, but um that scene to that scene had a lot of nuances. He was killed in the same faction in which he murdered a lot of people, um, mm -hmm. which was um uh, he used, they used a guerrilla tactic and Naomi knew that that was going to be, she wanted to do that. The irony was there. She knew that that was the best way that they could do, that they would be able to defeat him. But, uh, none of the rest of them would have, would have thought about that. Only, uh, only, um, the resident genius. Yeah, only, only <laughs> thought about that, and she had been working on that the whole the whole season from since Holden put it put it in her uh, put it on her to do list. Not the, that that would be the way they would kill Marco, but um, when that opportunity presented itself, that that was the exact thing that none of the rest of them would have put that together. Would, would you, would you the say whole, the whole sequence? The whole sequence toward the end, <clears throat> the 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 big battle was just ingeniously visually done like dropping the trailers out of the back of the Rossi into the into the field of fire for the um the rail gun for the rail guns just so good so 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 good <laughs> yeah and even the 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 way the camera looks as they're descending in 15 G's and the 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 audio and mm -hmm. you see it feels like inertia pushing against their their bodies and like at any moment it their entire being could just crack or, or like, you know, obviously descending like that, that it wouldn't, but you could see the struggle because outside there is no gravity. There's nothing right. like they they're creating that in order to descend the direction that they need to go. Otherwise they're just, you know, floating. So, yeah. And then, uh, Cam, what were you going to say? Um, when Naomi finally, Figured a way to defeat Marcos as an alternative. Would you agree that Naomi's back to normal in a sense? Being oh, normal as in her, yeah, like because she was always the one traumatized for like, the last two seasons and a half. Two seasons, yeah, she was no. out of space. <laughs> I, would, I would say that her scars will never heal. Yeah, I, I agree. think that, um, that Naomi again is able to get past her her trauma really fast in order to to do what needs to be done because for her if she doesn't then that could potentially mean the people she loves will die so well, that, and, you saw that in that moment where she mm -hmm. had to help um when they attacked the azure dragon and and she did have a panic attack and anxiety attack but quickly she was able to help clarissa uh fix that uh, that drive so that they wouldn't fire that drive up and kill all of them, which is they were only moments away from doing. So she's very good at that. So I don't think she's back to normal as much as she's on the path of healing. And now she's gotten the biggest obstacle out of her way. Just to, there was something one of you guys said about 
about her earlier and Philip. Um, and now I'm now I'm totally now I'm totally blanking on it. Oh, uh, he was uh, changing his last name. Yeah, but I can't remember exactly what I was supposed to be responding to. I, I didn't even write it down. It was it was something that one of you guys said as as far as um, oh, it was Cam, and it was about uh, it was about her making the decision to kill Philip. Um, and I think you you mentioned that she was she had was okay with it previously, but then she kind of freaked out about it or, or whatever. Um, am I right, or is um, I'm, or is that am I just imagining that? You said you mentioned something about talking about Philip and Naomi. Yeah, and how like the uh, what? Oh, cameras. Oh, yeah, yeah. technical difficulties. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, so there was a point where Naomi had reservations about killing her son. Also, Holden saw the emotional. Uh, back oh, yeah. and forth with herself, and this last season, up to these last two episodes, she made a choice. Even though she said she left Philip, she still wasn't okay with it. But right now, we see the conscientious decision for her to be like, "Am I doing the right thing? I made my choice." And she kind of did one last check to see if she was okay with it, and pressed that button to destroy the Pella. Sure. Showing the growth and maturity and progress of her, her killing her mm-hmm. own son, and she had to tell Holden a few episodes ago, like, don't make decisions based on my emotion. This is up. This is my thing. Right, right. So right. she was important. important. Yeah, that was it important. Was important. Too. Yeah, that was it was really for important. her. It, it was only a bridge she could cross, and no one can help her. Yeah, and, and we pretty. finally saw the moment where she flipped the switch, and we saw that with her son. Yeah, when he finally understood who his dad really is and what's really going on. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's, that, it's, it, that was a good moment. Yeah, when they faked out and sort of that, uh, made you that moment was because yeah. I wanted to just point out that moment because you're right because it's such visually it did show that not just her growth but that hard decision because she is still murdering her child. Well, in her mind, mm-hmm. obviously it didn't happen. Um, the audience and the reader are the only ones that know that Naomi didn't murder her kid because he never shows up again. Mm. But um, still, <laughs> it's a heady thing to think about. Oh, yeah. heady is not. So I was going to say that heady ain't the word because that was just gut wrenching watching her reaction after the fact. Oh, man. I teared up. Yeah. When you well, thought so, that she. she so that was my biggest that she gripe. actually killed him? Yeah, that was my biggest gripe. We didn't get to see her deal with that, except in a small vignette clip. That's heavy. Right. Yeah. You know, 100%. that's a heavy moment. So I feel like episode or two, seeing how she dealt with that, because we saw how she dealt with uh, having the space jitters for like a whole season. Right. And yeah, she was murdering her son. That served the narrative, though. I don't know how continuing to park on her decision, a decision that we knew she was going to end up making anyway, if he was still on the side of Philip. So I don't know if that, if finding out how it's affecting her is one of those things that will really be gratifying for as gratifying as you think Mm. moving forward in the narrative. That's just my own personal preference. Yeah, I I understand. I think it's better though for those, because even in the books, they never, in small pieces at times early in the next book because again there's a 30 year gap there's times where he might where her and Holden might have a small conversation about it but for the most part she does that thing where she she just kind of like I don't want to talk about it compartmentalized maybe I didn't understand it about her character that she can like kind of move on in that way because like drummer was having issues losing her family and we saw her right. kind of go back and forth. We saw we every character has this like this or that and teeter totter and then boom it clicks. They find a, a purpose and they move in one direction. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They figure it out. But I think also but, there was a little bit of a time jump after that after that end game uh moment where the Pella goes through the ring gate and gets eaten by the unknown aggressors. It felt like there was a time jump between that 
and where we pick up uh, after Holden, Holden in the and 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 all the part, all the concerned parties sitting at that table, yeah, sort of hashing out what the peace treaty was going to be, and then another time jump between the peace treaty and the announcement that Holden was briefly going to be the head <laughs> of the trade union. <laughs> yeah, that, and then that another was... time jump at the end when they're in the ship. So it felt like there was, it, at least I felt there was a passage of time. So I think for me that kind of quieted my need, my any any notion of oh we're gonna we're we're gonna revisit uh, Naomi sort of lamenting the death of her son at her own hands. Yeah, like time has passed, so she's already. Well, yeah, I I, I understood that part. You get the it's impression just that... she's dealt with it, you know? Yeah. What I mean? yeah. I get it, but it's just the fact that the the experience has done the opposite for uh, other characters on other instances where they show the yeah. cause and effect of certain things that they've done yeah. and how it weighs heavy on the head. Um, where I thought killing your son, potentially killing your son, is a big thing. <laughs> However, apparently not for the sake of moving the story along, being the last episode. I understand that it's yeah. just a personal preference that I would like to see. Like two things I would like to see: drummer as a leader and how she moves. I want to see if she starts. Uh, because I haven't read the books. Well, she, there you go. yeah, I don't know if I want to read the books, but you like, right, that, yeah. But what I'm what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, what what I'm saying is, is she gonna act like her previous predecessors? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, following orders and how she moves as a leader. Yeah, of this Ashford movement, Fred yeah, Johnson. Yeah. Fred Johnson. So well, I, I was just curious on that. The transport union is is not the OPA, and and it it won't. It's it's not going to be the OPA, and. One of the things about the drummer character is that drummer um, is not in the books as she is in the in the TV series. So drummer is a, is at least three characters from the books put together. In fact, ironically, oh Michio, right? It's supposed to be yeah, Michio. I see you've been reading a lot. Reading <laughs> uh, Michio Michio Pai, Pai, who actually is drummer's. Uh, wife, one of Drummer's wives, wives in um, the series. Uh, but Drummer is actually the second or third, maybe fourth president of the Transport Union. Pi is the Michio is the first, uh, and she's the one that was a part of that. She was Drummer in the books, so she had the the, the fleet. She joined. She meets with Abasarala. She uh, doesn't like. She the difference is she doesn't like. Fred, uh, Fred Johnson, um, mm. but she respected him. Um, she respected Holden a little bit as well, but it's a little bit rougher how they get to that point in the mm. books. Um, and I, I think it's kind of interesting too. Is like the um, because the authors of the books are a part of the show, and they're like showrunners and executive producers. It's interesting how they kind of like you know fashion their books into a show and make it work. Because then, yeah. like you said, like the 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 actress Cara G for uh, Drummer, I didn't look up her up on the internet just to see her smile. She's a goofy ass person, but Drummer yeah. is like the exact opposite, which is hilarious. Yeah, uh, Drummer <laughs> is is, hard, is a hard woman. But that just shows again to her how well she does the job. Like she just does a really great job. Um, yeah. Also, that was dope. I think you know having. Um, Avisarala still be kind of in that politics aspect, even when they pick with Holden and everything else. And um, it's interesting that like it, like pretty much every character, it felt like there was a slight resolution, not super crazy, but certain aspects of it picked up. I think the I'm still for the, the Laconia aspect of it. It was I think if you did no idea what like we if we didn't have a D'Angelo near us, I, I would be confused. <laughs> oh, yeah. hold on. So let me, let me let me let me let me go back. Explain us the whole child proto molecule. Oh, the alien animals. child. Yeah, like what's up with that? The like boy, somebody the boy being that resurrected. Yeah. Everything. So everything in those in in every system, all thirteen hundred that has a ring gate. You can assume that every planet and system that exists within that within that ring gate has been touched by the protomolecule and the ring builders. So Laconia, the reason that those Martians, the rogue Martians went to Laconia in the first place um, is because um, the reason they did that in the first place is because when, when the gates opened up, they sent probes through that gate, through the Laconia gate, and they found uh, inert pro. Um, 
ring builder technology, the stick moons that you saw above. Within that moon, within those moons is an actual, they're using the protomolecule to reactivate everything on the planet. When they started that, other stuff started to come on. You go down to the planet surface itself, they look like dogs, but they're actually not dogs. They're actually uh, mechanical beings of some kind of organ <laughs> uh, organism type of like uh, a cybernetic organism. So yeah, like they are actually okay. machines. That's why they don't have teeth. They don't have anything. If you look at their physiology, they don't look like anything uh, other than something that was built to for a function. They look like uh, skin cats. <laughs> Yeah. Bit, yeah, they do. But they but all that stuff came on as a result of humans coming there, setting up shop and playing with the portal molecule. Okay. Um, so that's what Duarte's been doing. He brought the he brought the his role after Mar after Marco helped him and his uh his fleet through the ring and he gave them and they gave him proto molecule in exchange for the Pella and all those ships you see and all that and all and all the, the, the tech that they have. And they were allowed to slip past because the UN and Mars were distracted. This was all yep. a part of Duarte's plan. Let me so let me ask you this. He said, I got gods to kill. What do you mean by that? The things that ate Marco. So he wants to kill entities. Oh, he wants to because he knows that those things were the things that killed out that wiped out the ring builders. If they could do that to them, humanity don't stand a chance. Facts. Yes. So, so but I like I like that so, that quote too because it was like you know you are good as a distraction and that's all you were good for. So deuces and good luck. So 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 Duarte has been helping Marco and Eros with giving him equipment and ships and stuff. Yeah. yeah yes, mm -hmm. that was the whole thing. So at the end of last season. Silver Tour before the the when they when Marco was like you gotta have a knife in the darkness and they destroyed the UN MCRN fleet that were guarding the gates. Um, that fleet that helps them when they're like when uh they they the the UN folks are celebrating they're like oh we just got some Martian ships on the on the um on the radar and then, and then Bobby is like nah I don't think they're here to help because uh those are the ones that went missing and like mm -hmm. we couldn't find them. And they and they proceed to destroy the the UN and MCR fleet. And when as they're passing through, uh, Sovertier tells Marco, he's like, um, "You have, uh, you have our thanks." Uh, no, Admiral Duarte tell, told uh, me to thank you right. personally. That's the first time you hear his name. That's right. Yeah, that's right. the first time you hear his name. It's not the first time his name appears in the show. You yeah, have to go back the previous season to catch that. Uh, when Bobby's actually looking at the manifest of who might be uh, um, in the higher ups selling those weapons and all that stuff, it all let me, let me let me pause you real quick. Yeah. So that whole Alex spy mission was there anything about Duarte? In, like, remember when Alex was going to spy, but he got paired up with a spy, the female character. Yeah, she yeah. worked yeah. with Duarte. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it, so he's been like, like Duarte for some reason. I don't know why his name didn't pop up, but he's been in the episodes like. His name has been popped up mm -hmm. uh, frequently, but I just didn't put two mm -hmm. together. So I was like, "Who is this new character?" No, he ain't new. Yeah. He's been in the background. Right. Yeah, because he right. didn't appear until that like that one episode where he talks to the little the girl, and and mm -hmm. that was to show that this guy is more methodical and more purpose driven as opposed to this psychotic megalo. This guy that wants to get kill all the people that wronged him and also just continue to you know in, inflict terror on his people when, okay let me ask you this then what what's his end game what it like because he's rogue martian right he's like independent. yeah yeah so uh that's see. a story for the all three books so if you, you don't want, if you have a plan to, and I recommend this to anyone listening, to read Persepolis Rising, Rising, Tiamat's Wrath, or Leviathan Falls, those are the last three books, um, then you should stop listening right now. <laughs> I am going to answer some, make clear what Admiral Winston Duarte wants and, and why he's a big deal. So 
when he tells Marco the Laconian gates are closed, that's because he they're not finished doing the work that they set out to do. Uh, Winston Duarte feels understands that there is a bigger threat to humans and everything that exists, which are those ring gate entities. They don't know what they are. They don't know how they're waking up. They know it's tied to the proto molecule and to the ring bit into the the ring builders, the ones who originally built everything. So what he does is because when he's talking to the little girl, he says, you know, we had to give up a drink, something uh, died and we had to give up a dream and, and, and Laconia killed that dream that we initially had. But what we had to do was create a new dream. What he's talking about is the fact that when, as soon as the proto molecule was activated and the ring gates were open, the dream of Mars died. You saw that in season four and five and six through four and five through Bobby's storyline. Basically Martians were like, okay, why would I have my family live and die dedicated to a generational dream? They will never see, they will never walk outside and breathe fresh air or anything, but there's worlds of abound now, plenty. Why are we still here? So you had economic, and uh, you had economic collapse. Not a, not a, not to mention what Marco was was doing. What Duarte did was when they saw that Laconia had all the things that it had, he put together scientists, researchers, uh, a group of military um, higher ups, low, uh, marsh, uh, Marines, like the whole uh, members of the parliament, everything, and they uh, seceded from the Martian uh, Republic, but they couldn't do that openly. And also they knew they needed a fleet of warships. They couldn't take those openly. So they needed a means to an end. What better, who was that means to an end? Oh, the Belter hothead terrorist over here who might just be crazy enough to drop a meteorite on, to drop an asteroid on earth and give us all the distractions we need. So that's why he enlisted Marco. So you can almost say that Duarte is like the real behind the scenes, bigger antagonist of this whole series that we don't find out until later. Or if you read the books, you know what's up. Yeah, Duarte is the I would say that Duarte is the human um, overarch, overarching antagonist where with the ring, with the entities being the primary antagonist because yeah. okay. no, those they are bigger than him and he's trying to stop them yeah because so, it's the it's the ring builders first then it's the unknown entities and then we have Duarte because like the ring builders made the rings but then the, and the entity killed the ring builders that, right right all right that's what i'm saying yeah. and then yeah. duarte is the one that's like okay if those dudes could kill the, the ring builders then like we have no trance so now we're starting to put things in, in motion to kind of do stuff exactly so first so again this dude is super first he understands the, the, they are never be ready to fight the 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 uh, the ring entities at the current status of humanity, which is tribalism. Belters versus Martians versus Earthers. How do you solve that? Well, you create an empire, a galactic empire that is under the rule of one thought, one guidance, and one one purpose, which is all humans are the same. And we have gods that are coming to kill us. So we need to fight them and we need to prepare ourselves to fight them. And so um, what ends up happening is 30 years later, they've gone through all the history of this is post free Navy, the trans, um, the trans union, um, the transport union is thriving. Belters are now, they're now like have achieved that equal footing in society now. Yep, yep. Um, and the whole time they assume, and also the other colonies. So they, uh, they formed the, the league of, of uh, uh, this, the league of associated worlds, um, probably inspired by Babylon's five league of a non aligned worlds. Um, and they, they, they get to be, I mean, it's prosperous. It's a prosperous 30 years. 
And for 30 years, the only thing they got from Laconia was the Laconia gate is closed. Do not enter. Hmm. Because there's a minefield on the other side. They assumed they were just developing and none of that stuff. The Martians still wanted to get through there because they wanted to get them. They wanted Duar they wanted Duarte and so did Earth. But 30 years passed. They all they know they did or something happened. They assumed also because of Illus, what happened on Illus when they were working with the proto molecule on Illus, it nearly killed all of them. And without holding there, they assumed that was gonna happen. So one day the Rossi and everybody's they're at um Medina station, and then all of a sudden a message from Laconia that says, on behalf of High Consul Winston Duarte, the Laconian Empire claims the soul system under its under its uh uh what do you want to say call it uh sovereignty thank you under its sovereignty and and they are all like huh like drummer and 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 everybody's like oh Abbasaral is dead at this point drummer uh um yeah she's old uh and all of them they're like uh I thought they were like poor and like good. They come and Bobby's like, yeah, I'm glad they coming through because we about to we about to arrest those bastards and charge them for killing half of Earth and and Mars and all the other stuff. So they're getting ready. Earth's getting ready. Mars getting ready. The whole time they're sending messages. Admiral Lacon Fleet Admiral Laconian Fleet Admiral Anton Trejo. Who is Duarte's secondhand man? Um, he comes up on screen and he's like, Look, we didn't come here to kill anybody. We just came here to let you know how the new order is gonna go. Um, we, ah. we, asked, we asked that we know that this that look, this is the exact tone. They're like, we know this is a bit of a shock, and given the <laughs> history, there is a lot of tension and, and anger. But we ask you, we implore you not to attack the empire. We're coming through the gate. Do not attack. And we will iron out everything. And the high council, we will give you the high council's plan. And that's that. And of course, everybody, everybody's like, oh man, <laughs> they got everything. <laughs> the time comes, the Laconians are making the transit. The ship that comes through, the first ship is called the Heart of the Tempest. The way it's described is like almost well, no, you saw it. And the, the thing that those stick rings are holding, that's what they bring back through as a complete what? starship. Yes. And literally everybody's like just like looking at it and they're and and they look at each other and most of them are like, Yeah, this is over. <laughs> like, like, yeah, they got us. They See, bring now, and of three ships. Through the ring, three ships, no four, one to to be at Medina, but three ships that they send through through Soul System, which is they headed toward Earth, and then the other two most populous uh, system rings. Um, and Trejo says that the whole point of the Tempest, which is a Magnetar class um, uh, ship, uh, proto molecule Clayton. Uh, organic, <laughs> organic skin. It heals itself, and they uh, and it can give one blast, and it can wipe out. They they wiped out an entire base like series uh, with one shot. So they got a uh, Death Star. Yeah, floating Death Star yeah. that looks like uh, that looks like a ship with appendages sticking out. So basically, um, that is insane. All right, uh, see, now, so now I'm gonna stop you there because yeah. now I actually want to wait. Eat now, quote, and then I'm stopped. He said that the whole point of the whole point of the heart of the tempest is that to is not to fight wars but to end them. <laughs> like that's that's the whole thing, it's to, end, it's to end them. They took out the fleet in less than like. They took out the combined Mars transport union and the um, the Earth Perfect. fleet in in less than two moves. It was over. Damn! Wow! Yeah, they, okay. that's how Laconia pulls back up. So 
Duarte. That's what Duarte. So the first his first plan consolidate the the human empire, not Earth, Mars, the intergalactic human empire or interstellar human empire. Smart. Galactic human empire. Then use the best minds in human and humanity to figure out how to fight the the ring entities. He's doing something with his own self too, but I won't say what that is because that's really cool and you should read it to find out. <laughs> so, hey, so so we should have an episode where Duarte was wrong, where Duarte was right, and actually make it. <laughs> oh, sense. it was. You could you could have a serious episodes like you know. There's a thing in all of great sci-fi where there's at least one time a god emperor appears. That's all I'll say. Mm. So the question then comes. Do you guys think that they're going to do the A, do you think they're going to follow up on any of this? And B, what form do you think it's going to take? Is it going to be like a, a follow up series, movies? What do you think it's going to be? I'll start. Yeah. Uh, if the demand is high, fan demand, fan demands is, I think they should do like a, uh, maybe a mini series or like a, uh, one big ass long episode, like a movie, like the X Files did to end that chapter i don't think they should continue more seasons in my opinion i feel like they can do like a two three part mini series or one big ass two hour hour and a half movie that kind right. of recaps and they can do some uh what's the word uh ah, flashbacks whatever that's not the right word i'm looking for but uh yeah. but basically tell what happened and then we can start drop us in 30 years later yeah, and then move from there. That's just my how I, I would probably do it because I, I, I don't want them to jump the shark per se. Um, and I don't mind it that they left the way they ended. I don't mind that they left some open in the question because it could make the the person that's a viewer go read the book. Yeah, and get I think more. That interested. was also the right. was to yeah. because the stuff with the code open is is from the short story Strange Dogs. It's not a part of the books. Um, but those two characters play a significant role in the in the ending in the story's uh, end. So um, yeah, they showed them and they showed them juxtaposed with Duarte for that same reason. So they uh, that that uh, scientist who came to talk to him is the head of becomes eventually becomes the head uh, of call him the head research directorate or something like that of Laconia. Mm -hmm. um, and oh, he, wait. He's... Wait, wait. Sorry. 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 That guy that came in Russian talking to Duarte, telling him about something. He was in, he was the That's kidnapper. That's Quartazar. Yes. Yeah. He's okay. He's from yeah. season one. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. That's the one that Miller killed. Yep. Yeah. Stop. Yep. I remember Once, him. I was like, why yep. he looks familiar and so skittish? Once yeah. again, holding beholden. And that's the one <laughs> who purposely had him turn himself into a sociopath. So you 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 remember he said that he told Amos that he had a procedure that cut off the part oh, of the, that's the, right. the emotion cortex that yep. triggered emotion empathy and sympathy and all those things because it made him more efficient so he's in charge of science and dealing with the proto-molecule under winston perfect Duarte. he's a perfect candidate yeah yeah oh yeah it's the mm -hmm. things that he does yeah no I, I agree though i think um i it would be cool to see as a limited series and um and or like a series of movies kind of like in the old school tv uh tv film thing that we're talking about with Babylon yeah. five um, I agree. And then I think that would make it kind of cool. And then also too, not trying to like we don't need to have de age uh, like aged up uh, actors or the people that we know. Like if it's thirty years later, it makes like you said, Alvar Sorella passed away. It makes sense, you know. Bobby's still there. It makes sense. She's like super young. Like it, it makes sense. It's like She'd be in her. Yeah, they they would be at an age where if you put if you thinned out Amos's hair and made him bald, gave him a gray in his beard, it would work. Just a little, yeah, a like little a little cracks bit. in his, you know. Yeah. Same with, um, we know that anybody would buy Naomi not looking much older because she black. Like everybody know that. that <laughs> <laughs> everybody knows black don't crack. So even in space, you know. So um, that's so true. I think, uh, hey man, Halle Berry walking the earth looking thirty. So I'm sure Naomi. 
Facts. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. Oh yep. my God. Yep. That's a whole nother topic. But I'm not even going to speak on the Matrix, but you know how you <laughs> That's what I'm hey. Let's not talk about it now. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. But um, no, it makes sense though. That that would yeah. be dope because, like you said, kind of like what Cam says, like I'd rather. I would rather them come back with like, yo, we got a four-part limited limited series or a TV movie instead of just like continuing the show. Yeah, stuff, you know, thirty more episodes, 10, 10, 10 episodes for three seasons. We don't need that. And in fact, I think movies, the exact way that can that you guys described it, or a Hollywood deal. I wouldn't do the Hollywood route just because I don't think it would make as much money because. Um, it's too highbrow and high concept for the general masses. But um, I think for TV, it would be a great, like, you know, like you said, I would go with the, 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 the way you talked about it, like the three or four part mini series where each episode is like two and a half hours or something like that. Um, because that would all, it would be, that's all that's needed to wrap up uh that story after the 30 year mm -hmm. jump i think the three books take place over the course of maybe about four years or something like that so not 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 a long time like laconia doesn't hold together for that long yeah. <laughs> uh but wow. they hold though they, they still hold okay you know? so let's do a, um let's wrap it up and everybody can kind of drop in their uh their, their final words for the expanse as, as we've we've all taken this journey together i'm uh josh you want to start off okay so i'm gonna challenge everybody for their final words do you think where, where so not do you think where does the expanse rank as far as all time on your all-time sci-fi television series list i'll go because i i with great confidence the expanse is my number one I will admit that it's it's a bias because of um, the fact that I've read all the books. Um, okay, I think that it's probably one of the most apt uh, adaptation that I've ever seen from book to screen. Even those little IG posts, I love them where they show the um, the pros and what you mm. saw in, on screen. Mm -hmm. uh, they've done it well, but I I think just from every aspect of science fiction and being hard science actual science as well as being able to tell even though it's subversive a really cool and fun fantasy narrative as well uh you just it doesn't get better to me yeah i'm gonna i put it i it, i would before for me it was always uh Bowsar galactica because that shit is just bananas mm. um but i would say i put it at number one Bowsar number two and then um We'll throw in you know b5 and star trek to round it out but um but yeah i would say just because like i didn't ex know what to expect except for like i remember when josh was telling me about it and d'angelo like yo you should watch this d'angelo's like i read the books it's really good and i'm like yeah, yeah you know i'll get to it <laughs> <laughs> and then when i started watching i was just like yo this is crazy and it was so slow and deliberate and i think that's what kind of got me more into it like i actually enjoyed the pace of it because i mm -hmm. felt like i got paid off by the end of it and then then the 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 anti um space is happy and everything's glossy of, of it that, that they were going with that's what like, got too which is yeah. against which is against everything else that I've watched and you know as a sci-fi fan you know it's, it's very anti Star Trek it's very anti everything else just because it's still messy and then you throw in all the um the classism in it too with a lot of the politics and I really like politics just in, in narratives in general and when politics done well in sci-fi it shows a good mirror to what's going on currently so i mm. like that they had that with the martians the inners and the freaking belters and um and on top of that i probably say the fact that the the casting is like race agnostic and like you don't really care or like about like everyone is there there's no like everyone's different races but you don't care like it's just they're all right. characters so if someone's like black or asian or whatever they're speaking with the belta a belta like creole or whatever it is it's kind of just rolls with it so i did i swear yeah. i like that i can watch it and then i would say finally like the two most powerful characters in the in the show just not the book but the show in general 
um, Avicerala and Drummer were both women, and I didn't have this like there was no like girl power moment at, like mm-hmm. at all. They were just consistently be- whooping people's ass with their intelligence <laughs> and right. cunning through the whole show, as right. opposed to having to like wave a banner that that we are women and we're here to do whatever, whatever. And it was like I thought that was them as characters to the whole show was a lot more powerful to show that. Um, that meaning than everything else I've seen that's tried to do it before where they got to like make that powerful moment and here here's the women and da, 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 where in this show they're just like no the, all the characters are, are it's their own place and if they're badasses they're badasses and then they just happen to be inter insert gen- gender or identity after yeah, that's that's a good point Cam uh so I'm um, like I haven't watched a bunch of Star Trek uh or Babylon 5 I, I do need to get to Babylon 5 and revisit that and a few other shows. Um, if we're counting, I don't know if X Files ranks as sci-fi. Uh, sure. Okay, yeah. X Files will always be number one to me. Like mm. I literally love that show. Um, like I was, I'm gonna revisit that soon. And then uh, there was another. Oh, Quantum Leap, man. Uh, I was a fan of that. Oh yeah. Quantum Leap, it may not hold up if I revisit it, but from what I remember, and this is just gun to my head, Quantum Leap is number two. Um, I don't know if it translate well, me watching it now as an adult, but like I used to dig <laughs> I've, it. I've, no, I've seen it recently, or I saw like a couple episodes, and um, it still does. The the future stuff, not as much, but like the history yeah. part of it and like yeah. the logic of everything, yeah, it's still... I dug it, that. It's, it's one of my five top five suits, definitely. Okay. Now, without watching Star Trek, Babylon 5, and all these other things, I, I put Expanse up there. Um, and this is me not revisiting the X-Files and Babylon, I mean, uh, Quantum Leap. I'm putting the Expanse as number three because my history with those other shows left a special place in my young sci-fi conspiracy theorist heart. <laughs> However, um, I will say this is the first show, real like space because they somebody said this is Game of Thrones in space, and I was like, oh, I can see that. Not a great comparison, considering if you watch the complete entire Game of Thrones, but <laughs> I can understand why a person can that say comparison that. Was was more for for the books because that came before the series was. That comparison was was out there before the series started because George R. R. Martin himself made those comparisons and also the, the connection between the writers and him. He okay. one of the writers is his assistant or you okay. So that's that sounds like it's a good thing. Yeah. Okay, so when somebody says it's Game of Thrones in space, that's a good thing based off the books and before the show. Um, so I would put this three, uh top three for sure, top five for sure. Um, but three for me, very good show off the recommendation of Josh and the other Cameron in this uh, chat, and uh, I stuck with it. My first episode, because like I said, um, Thomas Jane was in, and I was questioning Josh's. <laughs> like I was like, for real, like <laughs> Thomas Jane, you want me to watch this? This guy is like the weakest Punisher. Okay, first episode hey, off jump. You did Yep, he redeemed himself. I, I actually yeah. just uh, I, I threw on uh, season one, episode one, while I was doing some stuff, and then, then like I blinked, and I was like five episodes in. I was like, God damn it, they got me again. But Thomas Jane, dude, such yo, he really, really did a good job. Like for someone that I think that's the thing. I, I had low expectations because you're right. The only thing I can really remember of him in is Punisher. So mm-hmm. he like he definitely like showed that he's like, nah, man, the guy's gotta. You gotta rock with me on this. He he, he was dope. He was dope. Got a little range for me. Um, I think this is tied for number one with uh, Babylon Five. I think if they went ahead and did the thirty-year jump and finished out all of the dangling uh, plot threads that they kind of left sort of sitting out there, I think this would probably get to number one. It was on its. It was. I I, I remember being on the record saying that it was on its way to being number one and probably would by the time it's done uh, usurp Babylon 5, but I think Babylon 5 is still number one and I think just for how intelligent the show was and how uh, how thought out you, you could see, and again it's a, it's, a, it's a testament to having an idea that you know has a beginning a middle and an end and what those what those what those uh, what those moments are going to be like? What those what the what the beginning, middle, and end of your show or your story is going to be? 
<clears throat> and I think it worked, even though they didn't even finish, they, they didn't even go all the way through to the end with the books. It still was an intelligently, one of the most intelligently done uh, television shows I've ever seen. Um, just, just a solid, solid adaptation of the story. And I mean, you know, uh, Star Trek hasn't been my number one for a while. Uh, and I'm a lifelong, <laughs> like my, 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 my drop zone for, for science fiction will always be Star Trek. Um, so it always has a special place in my heart, but it, you know, I don't think it rises to the level of a Babylon five. It certainly doesn't even begin to touch the complexity um, of a bab of a of an expanse of the expanse. It just, yeah. And I think as as concurrently as we're watching Discovery and, and getting disappointed over it, uh, more about that <laughs> later, 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 folks. But uh, yeah, it just. I think that's the thing. I think watching watching the expanse along with other shows like Discovery mm -hmm. and all that, you start to really see how Expanse like really like shines and does some really dope stuff, especially when it comes to narrative. And then now that, like I said, I went through the first five episodes of the first season just because I was curious and like just seeing it and like seeing all the pieces that they let, you know, dropped in and all this other stuff. I'm just like, man, mm -hmm. yes, this is a good, if if I was in the class, I was talking about sci-fi, they wanted to have a, thing, a, a section just on Expanse, I think it would be really, really dope to, to take because then you would really get to see some world building, how to, how to develop some really um interesting and dope uh deep characters and then just like pulling it all together plus on top of that the science is like super crazy <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah if i was to do a uh a, a class on narratology or writing it would definitely be up there just just on the fact that in those first that first season the first episode um everything else they show you everything and tell you everything you need to know. And from there, it's an escalation up on those those themes and those those character uh, traits, as well as uh, the the world itself. You know, Duarte is an escalation of the Dream of Mars. Um, that was the whole th thing that I told you that that had in I think season four. That guy says. Uh, the the dream of mars is not dead it's about to be written large he was referring to laconia but he wasn't but obviously he died before he could see it but he was still um referring to what they were doing behind the scenes duarte had already laid out the plan for all of them it, that were involved it just was a matter of time yeah and i think that's that's gonna be cool so um yeah man this was dope i'm glad we did this we yeah, we did six episodes and we recap recap them all. I am now inspired to read these final three books. <laughs> yes, read the books. We can have a whole different kind of conversation. Might be a, might be have to be a blurred lines book club situation. We'll see what's up. But um, and but you're yeah. welcome to all three of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Um. Yeah, that was a good good uh, recommendation. And now we're like, now it's like, what do we what do we watch now, guys? <laughs> Toss a coin to your Witcher. Actually, we could do, you know what? Hey, we'll we'll do another we'll do another we'll do another episode and maybe recap our season two Witcher because like I think all of us watched it, so I enjoyed it. So yeah, I but, really um, enjoyed the Witcher. Yeah, I have no idea what was going on, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah. Man, I I enjoyed it so much that I went. And played the game again. Basically, played and beat the main the main story of the game, and like now playing the expansion packs. Uh, I have made my tour of duty. I've played all the expansions, beat it thoroughly, got two different endings, and I'm doing a replay just so I can see other choices in the replay. Yeah, that's those mm, choices. What I gotta do next, right? right yeah. So I'm yeah, taking a break of The Witcher. However, I heard. Um, Spoiler alert that the new DLC will have themes from the actual show. Oh, wow. Oh, they're getting ready to do another expansion. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, if for those Witcher guys, oh, the, the sorry, the new upgraded uh, for the PS5 is going to bring in some <sighs> show elements. So, the upgrade, the free, I guess it's the free upgrade. I don't know. The upgrade for the Witcher is going to have some, some show elements in the DLC. Um, I'll share that offline with you guys, but yeah, yeah. so That's if you uh if you plan on getting into Witcher, I suggest start now. After watching the after watching and then playing the game, and then I like 
came back and rewatched season one because I hadn't watched. Makes so much before. more sense now. It makes a lot of sense, and it's just like you see Cavill, and you're like, man, somebody pull that dude out of the video game <laughs> and put him on screen. He is yeah. so Gerald Arivia. I don't even like. It's even hard. It's it's he's the, that dude is Gerald Arivia. Like my my yeah. only gripe is they didn't give him actual cat eyes. And it's that's the only brand. thing. Yeah, it's he he's got just the yellow uh yellow contact normal, now uh, eyes, but funny but that thr- thriller had it from Michael Jackson in the 80s. I heard that those are particularly rough on the actors. Yeah, rough on the eyes. Yeah, yeah, on the eyes, eyes for like the amount of scenes he would be in. So yeah. I could see that. But yeah, the cat eyes would have been totally would have been way better, true to the true to form. Yeah. All okay. right. Well, we'll we'll come back and do something with that. I definitely. Now, now we know because we all like either watched it or played it or something. So something yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. Um. All right. So yo, this is Blurred Lines Expanse recap. We had great, a lot of fun. Thanks for everybody with rocking with us, and we are out. Shout out to Thomas Jane. Oh yeah, boss.